Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. We're going to be discovering something today in Matthew chapter 20, verse 25. If you have it, say amen. Amen. The word of God says, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, everyone say instead. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I come before your presence at this moment. I thank you, Jesus, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for allowing us uh, one more day to be in your house, to be uh, present in this place where you speak into our lives. And I ask you today, God, that you would speak into my life. Lord, I want to know what you have to say to me. And I also ask you, Lord, that you would speak into my brother and my sister's life. Uh, what is it that you are saying to them, Lord, that, we are, that our hearts would be open, that our minds would be receptive to your word today? Move in this place. Move in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I know a guy that works at Chick-fil-A. Okay? And, of course... The reason for which he works at Chick-fil-A was very strategic. Um, there's a couple things about Chick-fil-A that you and I probably know. Um, and a couple things, few things that Chick-fil-A um, is famous for, right? First of all, it's the official fast food of heaven. All right? That's Chick-fil-A. That's what it's famous for. Also, obviously, it's famous for chicken sandwiches. Amen. But chicken sandwiches is famous for its waffle fries. Um, it's famous for Chick-fil-A sauce. Anyone? Chick-fil-A sauce? Yeah. Um, it's famous for its family atmosphere, uh, its religious um, or Christian values that they hold. And obviously it's famous for them being closed on Sundays. But, but I think that the, the, the thing that makes it stand apart more than anything is the... the the relationship that, a, that one of the restaurants, any franchise, usually you walk into one Chick-fil-A and they're all pretty much the same. But usually the relationship that the franchise tries to establish with the customer through their customer service. Right? We all know this. You say thank you and they say they've done a good job. We know what Chick-fil-A is all about. And it's about their service, first and foremost. How they want to serve you and how they want to uh, uh, take care of you and the willingness, usually, of each employee 
to, to help you in your order, to make sure, you know, that it can be the best chicken sandwich that they can possibly be in your hands. I mean, it is a chicken sandwich. You can only do so much. But it is the best chicken sandwich that they offer each time. They say, my pleasure. And we all want to be served. Praise the Lord. We all, I told, uh, this quick sidebar, I told the Spanish service on Thursday that when you guys are quiet, it makes me nervous and it makes me preach longer. So if you guys are hungry and want to get going, you guys better help me preach, all right? All right. Especially since I'm talking about Chick-fil-A, which is closed today, by the way. All right. We all want to be served. We walk into a place, especially if we're going to give our money, if we're going to purchase a product, we want the customer service to be impeccable. Now, there are places that you go that you, you don't expect much customer service because it's not going to change. And Like, if, for instance, if you're going to go get your driver's license, <laughs> you go to the DPS or the DMV or whatever you want to call it, you're probably not going to get the greatest customer service in the world because I don't know why. But, but you go into places and you want the best customer service. You want to be served. And it's not an unreasonable request. Particularly if you are uh, 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 purchasing some sort of product or some sort of service. You want there to be some sort of acknowledgement of what you are providing for them and what they are providing for you and that they should be grateful that you even walked in through their doors. But oftentimes, and actually every time, in the kingdom of God, sometimes we, we walk into the kingdom of God and we come in with this, with the same mentality of being served. We, we, we walk in through these doors and we feel like I better get served or I better feel something during the service or I hope they sing my favorite song. I know you guys don't think that, but, but you can, generally speaking, there are certain expectations of when you come to church and you want something to click with you. But in the kingdom of God, church, I want to let you know, in case you weren't too sure about this, that... It's quite the opposite in the kingdom of God. Our goal as the body of Christ, when you and I are baptized into Christ, we become a part of the body of Christ, we become a part of the church. Our goal is not to be served, but our goal is to serve. To serve one another, to serve others, to serve those who don't know Jesus. To serve those who are outside of this building, who are outside of our community, who are outside uh, of the body of Christ. And we want to serve them just the way that Jesus came to serve us. We read scripture. And now I, I, I started in chapter 20, uh, but we're going to kind of go back to chapter 19 and then we'll end up in chapter 20. But in chapter 19, and we're not going to read it, uh, we're going to read some portions maybe, but I'm just going to kind of paraphrase and, and go through. You guys can read it later. Chapter 19, we are introduced to this character that many people refer to as the young rich ruler, or the rich young ruler. And, and there's this young man that comes to Jesus, 
And he tells him, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Actually, he said, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus gives him the answer. He says, well, you need to follow the commandments. This young man says, I already do that. Oh, then if you already do that, if you already follow all the rules, if you already follow these commandments, then if you've already done that, then the next thing that you got to do is that you got to sell everything. Everybody say everything. You got to sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. Oh, wait a minute, Jesus. Can you repeat that? Because I don't think I heard you right. You want me to do what? Jesus told him that in order to inherit eternal life, if you've already followed all the rules, if you've already done what the Ten Commandments say, then the next thing that you need to do is that you need to sell everything you got and you got to give it away and you got to follow me. In other words, Jesus says, you know what? I know that you can follow the rules, but can you serve? See, because inherently... Us following the rules, which I'm not saying you shouldn't follow the rules. We should. Jesus said, if you, if you love me, you will obey my commands. We should follow the rules. But honestly, if you think about it, you know, you follow the rules. You don't smoke. You don't, you don't, you don't uh, drink. You don't do certain things. And you follow the rules. And you don't cuss. You don't do all these things. Who are you truly helping? It's about you. You cussing, you know, if somebody asked you, hey, what did you do for Jesus today? I didn't cuss. Oh, high five. All the way around. Great. No, no, but seriously, what did you do for Jesus today? Jesus gave us rules to follow, but he also left the command of, of us serving one another. And this young man, the Bible says that, 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 that when he was told that, you know what, if you want to inherit eternal life, not only must you follow all the rules, which I believe that most of us in this room, we try. Yeah, we're not perfect. Yeah, there's times that we stumble. Yeah, there's times that we have a little bit of difficulty in doing some of the things that Jesus asked us to do because after all, we are only human and we make mistakes along the way. But Jesus said on top of that, you, you got you to gotta do something and you got to help others out. And this young man had a lot of resources that if he sold it all, he would be a big blessing to the poor. And Jesus said, you know what? Just sell it all. Give it away. Give it to somebody in need. Give it to, no, 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 don't give it to your uncle. Don't give it to, don't let, don't give it to them so that they can give it back to you when you're done with your ministry. No, no, give it to the poor. Those that truly need it. Because I know, I know you can follow rules. I know that when you follow rules, it makes you feel good about yourself. You know what? I prayed three hours today. I, I read the Bible this week. I, I, I fasted two times this week. I, I, I didn't cuss. I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I behaved well, and that makes me stand up a little higher, makes me feel better about myself. But what are you doing to help your neighbor? You follow the rules, but can you serve? 
can you serve? The young man says, the Bible says that he left very sad. Wow. Well, thank you for your time, Jesus. I got to go now. And, and the young man leaves sad, heavy-hearted because what has been asked of him is very difficult for him. And Jesus goes on to say as he sees this young man leave, he turns around and tells his disciples, you know, it's really difficult for the wealthy, for the rich to make it into the kingdom of heaven. Now, in case you're confused... You live in the United States of America. Praise the Lord, everybody. And in case if you were even further confused, you're at a church in the city of Frisco, Texas. One of the most affluent cities in DFW. One of the most up-and-coming cities. in the. So when I say that it's hard for the wealthy or for the rich to make it into heaven, I'm talking about you guys. Talking about us. Because whether you like to believe it or not, or whether you don't consider yourself very rich, we are in the top 1% of all the society economical classes in the world. We have things that others don't have. Brother Angel said that uh, everyone can open their fridge and at least there's some eggs in there. And there's been times that I get to, to home, I get home and I, I look in the fridge and I look in the pantry and I say, man, we don't have anything to eat, hon. Let's go out to eat somewhere. And then 30 minutes later, my wife cooked up this grand meal. I'm like, where did it come from? Because we are living in a place. We are living in a society. We are living in a culture that is very blessed by God. And God's question for you, God's question for me is, you know what? I know you can come to church on Sundays. I know that you can raise your hands and lift your voice and worship me. I know that you can say the right things. And I know that you can show up when you're asked to show up. But I want to know, can you serve others? I want to know, can you do something where you remove the focus from you and you remove the focus from your life and you can focus now on your brother and your sister or, or, or your neighbor who doesn't even come to the same church or that person that you know is in need. Can you remove the focus from you and can you look at someone who's in need and how can you serve them? The young man walks away. Man, this is hard, Jesus. I was not expect. I did not expect that. I thought, you know what? I'm I'm rich, and I'm gonna be the biggest tither at church, and Jesus is gonna accept me, and He's gonna say, you know what? Actually, why don't you become the treasurer? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Can you run my economical? Can you run the run my uh, my my treasury? And Jesus said, no, no, no. Get rid of it all. You need to strip yourself of those things that you depend on, you need to strip yourself of those things that you lean on for your security, for your, uh, for your well-being, and you need to get rid of it, help others, and depend on me. Now, 
I'm going to let you off the hook because I feel the tension in the air. I'm not asking you to get rid of all your stuff, okay? We're not going there. This is not that type of sermon. I'm not going to ask you to, to, to give and sell everything away. But what I am asking you is that, that, that you would ask yourself seriously this question. You know what? I can follow the rules. I can live a godly life with the best of them. Yeah, there's times, like I said, that I struggle. But for the most part, I live a godly life. But what am I doing to serve others? What am I doing to remove the focus from myself and focus on those who are hurting, those who are in need? And it's interesting because now Jesus tells them, you know what, guys, I'm sad. This, this, this picture here, you need to understand that it is very difficult for, for the rich to make it into the kingdom of heaven. It is easier, he says, for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to make it to heaven. Wow, that's pretty hard. That is pretty difficult. And then Peter speaks up. I love Peter. He, he, he will ask the question that no one wants to ask. And in Matthew chapter 19, verse 27, Peter answered him. We have it up on the screen if you want to look at the screen. We have left everything. Everybody say everything. We have left everything to follow you. What din will there be for us? Hmm. What din will there be for us? Isn't that like us kind of, isn't it? I mean, excuse me, Jesus. Yeah, you know, I, I overheard what, what you told him. I overheard that you said, you know what, you need to sell everything and, and, and you got to give it away and now you got to follow, that he's got to follow you. But you know what, Jesus, I did that. I did what he couldn't do. So what's in it for me? What about me? What do I get? And Jesus says, and he gives him the answer. He says, truly, I tell you, at the renewal of all things. Now, Jesus was speaking 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years later, we're still waiting on the renewal of all things. And we don't know when Jesus is going to come back and establish his, his earthly kingdom. But we are by faith waiting for Jesus one day to appear in the clouds. And those who died in him and those who serve him in this, in, in this life will be captured with him up in heaven. And I don't know about you, but that excites my heart. That gets me going every morning saying, Jesus, is today the day that you come back for me? But Jesus says, truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or fields, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much, and will inherit eternal life. Woo! Praise God for that. But then he adds verse 30. But many who are first will be last. And many who are last will be first. Whoa, can you explain that to me, Jesus? I don't get it. We just read in chapter 20 where Jesus said that those who want to be great must become your servant. 
And sometimes we, 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 we come to church and we, we come with this mentality of, uh, of, as I was saying, Chick-fil-A, as if we're walking into Chick-fil-A and we want everyone to treat us with kid gloves and make sure that they smile at us and make sure that they treat us well. And never once do we worry about the pain that our brother and our sisters are going through. That diagnosis from the doctor that is putting a lot of insight security and fear in their life that bill that is piling up and there's something that you can do to help them out and we never come in and all we worry about is ourselves Jesus says those who are first will be last but if you're willing to be last if you're willing to you know what let let them go How, how can I help Go ahead of me. But if those who are last, the Bible says, will be first. This is challenging. This is challenging to you and this is challenging to me because I'm not standing up here and saying, oh, yeah, you know, I got this all together. Because I'll look at a brand new truck and be like, man, I want that brand new truck. But Jesus says that I have to serve others. So is me buying that brand new 2019 Dodge Ram with uh, touchscreen controls? And is that going to help me be able to have resources to help others? Or will the 2010 Dodge Ram that I have right now do the job that I needed to do? And now I still have more resources to help others. See, when you and I begin to think as a servant... The decisions that we make in our finances are very different. The decisions that we make as we, as we budget and as we, as we move and we do certain things in our lives becomes very different because we are aware that, you know what, God has called me to serve, not to be served. What decision or what What choices can I make to put me in a better position to serve others? And therein lays the difficulty. Why is it so hard for us? We, we, we try to balance things out. We need to balance things out. You know what? Let's not, let's not go too crazy in, in buying and, and, and having and chasing after material things. And, and yet, we, because we want to make sure we can go to this side and serve and kind of try to keep some sort of balance. But most of the time, you see that Dodge Ram 2019 and you kind of, ah. You're like, I want to go this way. But Jesus tells me to go this way. And it's an internal tug of war. Well, if I do that, what do I get out of it? That's what Peter asked. You know what? Jesus, I did what he couldn't do. What do I get out of this? What's my reward? And Jesus answers him and he says, you know what, buddy? You are going to get a reward. There is something that is great within a servant. But you have to be willing to be a servant. You have to be willing to be last in order to be first. You can't be first and expect to remain where you are. You have to be last, Jesus says. 
We get unbalanced and we, we, we want to chase after this brand. We want to chase after this thing. And we want to chase after the new iPhone 10 plus uh, compact, whatever it is. And we want to chase after these things. And why? Why is it so hard for us? And I believe the reason that it's really hard for us is because we have too many options. Too many options. You go to Africa, there's not many options there. What you get is what you get. And you're grateful. Here you buy a new phone and you don't like the way it works and you're unhappy. I mean, it still makes calls. It's text. You can still snap on it. You can still gram on it. You can message. You can do all, but nah, I don't like the interface. I don't like the, the user interface. I don't like this, and I don't like that. I prefer this brand. I was going to give it a shot, but I, no, we have options. We go, and we go get a car, and we, we drive it, and they say, you know what? If you don't like it, bring it back in three days. No questions asked. We'll refund the money, and we'll exchange it. We'll do whatever. We want to make you happy, and we're driving it. Ah, I mean, there's nothing wrong. It's brand new. Drives good. You're the first person to own it, but nah, I don't like it. I'm going to take it back. Options. You're blessed, church. I want you to understand that you are blessed. In the words of that famous theologian, Uncle Ben, talking to Peter Parker, with great responsibility, with great power comes great responsibility. With great blessings in your life, there comes a responsibility in you. God did not bless you just so you can live for yourself. God did not bless you so you can have your eyes closed to the need that is around you, that is around in your neighbor. You don't even have to go very far. It might be your neighbor. As soon as you step out, that neighbor you don't like talking to may have a need. But we don't. We turn the blind eye and say, I don't see anything. We don't have to go very far. Within this church, there are needs at this moment. And the question becomes, how can I serve my brother and my sister? How can I serve my community? How can I serve my neighborhood? How can I serve my city? How can I stop looking at what I want and my needs and start looking at what the needs of my, of my, of my, of, of my community is? And how can I help? What can I do? We get unbalanced. Jesus says, hey guys, you will get a reward. You have eternal life. Above all things, you're going to have eternal life. And you got to understand uh, the implications of what Jesus is telling us. And it makes me a little worried because Jesus tells the disciples, you know what? He can follow the rules because he, he says that he can follow the rules. But if he wants to make it into eternal life, then he's got to be able to serve. And what that tells me is that, you know what, I can follow all the rules. I can read the Bible. I can pray as much as just as good as anybody else. I can come to church and have perfect attendance. I can show up the days that no one wants to show up. But if I don't know how to serve, I may just miss it. 
This should put the fear of God in us, church. I don't want to miss it. And I don't want you to miss it. We have to learn that our life is not about us. Our life is first and foremost about serving the God of this universe. And God gave you and I a mission. He called us to be his feet and his hands in this world. And the Bible says that the way that everyone will know that you are my followers is by the love that you have for one another. And then Jesus says, you know what? What good does it do for you to love your friends and your family? Even though evil people do that. They'll love their family. Those that aren't close to God, the unrighteous, they do that. How does that separate you? No. What's going to separate you is having love, not just for those that are close to you, but for those that you don't know, for those that get on your nerves at work, for that coworker, for that supervisor, for that person, that teacher, that student. You're like, you know what? How can I help you? What is your greatest need? You know what? Here's a blessing for you. I don't know you. You don't know me, but I want to help. I heard your story. I, my, I was open, and I realized that there was something going on in your life, and I want to be a blessing. You are better off, Jesus tells, that you give it away because it's not about that. What good? You can't take that Dodge 2019. I'm stuck on that Dodge. On that, you can't take it with you to heaven. You can't. But if you want to be first, you must be last. And that Dodge 2019 Ram, God may give it to you. But you got to be willing to be last. Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And all these things, the things that you need, first off and first, your food, your clothing, your drink, whatever it is, all these things will be added on to you. And then in the psalmist gives the promise that whatever the desires of your heart's heart are, God will grant those to you. But you got to be willing to be last. So we go through life. Worried about what's our next portion. What is my next opportunity? Where, what is my next pay raise? What is the next position I will hold? What is the next possession I will buy? What's the next thing of value that I will, I will obtain? What's next? Jesus comes around and he flips it all around and says, No, it's not about what's in it for you. He says, Yes, follow the rules. But you need to love me and you need to obey me, but you also need to serve. And here's the key. The key to eternal life is not in what I'm getting, but rather in what I'm giving. It's not about what I'm getting. It's about what I'm giving. It's not about what I'm getting. It's about what I'm giving. Am I giving my time? Am I giving of my finances? Am I giving of my love? Am I giving of the talent that Jesus, that God has deposited in me? 
Am I giving of my kindness? Am I giving of the knowledge that God has given me? Am I giving of my experiences? Because the experiences you go through and those difficulties and those trials that you and I go through, they're not just for you to hold on to and hang on to. They're for you to share and testify about the wonders and the goodness of God so that in order that somebody else who may be going through the same thing you're going through can be encouraged and can be lifted up. But we hang on to all these things. Jesus says, you got to give it away. It's not about what you're getting. It's about what you're giving. If you're giving, everything else is going to take care of itself. And not only did Jesus say this, but he lived this. And we read it in verse 28. He, he says in chapter 20, uh, verse 28, well, he said that instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, our disbalance in life, the tension that we feel between living a self-serving life or, or living a life that serves others, that tension that we feel, it, it's related to a truth that you and I, some of us may not like it. But the truth is this, the simple truth about this is, is that Jesus did not come to serve, but he came to give his life for you. And at the end of the day, at the end of your life, if Jesus never lifts a hand to help you any further in your life, you already have Jesus. And that is enough for you. And that is enough for me. Because it's through his sacrifice and through his resurrection that you and I now have access to the throne of God. We already have more than what we deserve. But we see the options. We see the things. We see the shiny things. Because we want to be like everyone else. We may not say it, but we want it. Come on. Have you ever been to Nebraska Furniture Mart? That thing is ridiculous. And it all screams. Come get me. Your life will be better with me. Your life will be much better if you come to this place and your house will be beautiful as if things are what makes your house beautiful. What makes your house beautiful is that the Spirit of God is present in your family. That the Spirit of God is alive and well in your heart. Not the things that are inside of it. That was... That's what makes your house beautiful. Jesus is more than enough. Jesus is already more than what you and I deserve. Jesus sacrificed on the cross even if we didn't ask for it, uh, even if we didn't care for it, even if we didn't know who he was, we didn't acknowledge him until much later in our lives. But Romans chapter 5 verse says that God demonstrates his love in this, that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us, even though we were undeserving, even though we were now nowhere close to Jesus, to God. He said, you know what, I love him.
I love her. I will send my son as a ransom for him. With the hopes of one day he will turn to me and will acknowledge me. That, that is enough. That is enough, church. For us as, as Christ followers and for those who are wanting to give their lives to Jesus that no matter what may come my way, whether it's poverty, whether it's, de- whether it's sickness, whether it's death in the, in the family, whatever it may be, whatever comes my way, I will serve Jesus with all my heart because I already have everything that I need in Him. I will follow Christ and I will follow His example of laying down His life for us and I will lay down my life for others as well. I'm going to ask you to stand. How can you serve someone today? You're not going to cuss today? Great. I commend you on that. You shouldn't. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get high on some sort of a uh, some sort of drug that that you have access to. Great, that is awesome. I'm glad. You're not gonna get a, 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 a fix in your heart by looking at things that you shouldn't look at when no one else is looking. And well, that's awesome. I am so happy that you are wanting to follow the commandments of Jesus and you're wanting to be close to Him. But I need to ask you, how are you gonna serve someone not tomorrow and not next week, but today? How are you gonna serve someone today? How can I show Christ to someone today? How can I be the feet and the hands of Jesus today?